Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. We've been in the Biblical Literacy series, and this is our fifth and last sermon of this series. So let me recall the first week when we talked about the story of God in Scripture. Okay, what we focused on was how seeing God's story in Scripture imparts life into us. Life for what? Life for, you know, so that we would be devoted to Jesus and be diligent in the Word and distinctive in our lifestyle. And that's exactly what we saw uh, in Nehemiah 8. Um, there was renewed devotion to God and just a return to hearing the Word of God. And people were, you know, decisively wanting to repent and pursue and do the will of God, right? So as we talked about biblical literacy, discovering Jesus in the passages, and this for sure includes end times scripture is the best part about studying scripture is that you know like we've emphasized scripture is to reveal Jesus to cause us to grow in love for him so we see an interplay of these three aspects right so as we immerse ourselves in the word and you know God's story shapes us it shapes uh, why we live and how we live and what we choose on a daily basis it shapes our devotion to Jesus and as a result we want to you know be you know studying the word to know him more and that in itself then informs our lifestyle that is to be set apart as God's people and in turn that again fuels a devotion for Jesus and you know the interplay of these so I'm reminded of Timothy how Paul exhorted him in his first letter to uh, young Timothy, train yourself for godliness, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to teaching, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all will see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and pursue righteousness, faith, love. And then in the second letter, second Timothy, fan into flame, follow the pattern of sound words you've heard, what you've heard from me, uh, entrust it to others who will be able to teach some more others. And then the Lord will give you understanding and everything. And Paul says, I'm bound with chains, but the word of God is not bound. Wow. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, rightly handling the word of truth. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred teachings that make you wise for salvation. All the scripture, and this one we know, is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that we, people of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is giving Timothy such a charge because he is also at the same time warning Timothy that the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Church, if it is true that immersing ourselves in Bible produces in us a devotion to Jesus and diligence in the Word and a distinctive lifestyle, then I want to alert us that the converse is also true. If we are not immersing ourselves into the story of God, it brings about a carelessness towards Jesus. It brings about a complacency uh, when it comes to the Word of God, and it brings about a compromised lifestyle. So it's not no surprise 
to say that unless, like Timothy, we train in godliness and practice and be immersed in scripture and we follow these words and we learn to handle the word, we grow in wisdom and we watch our lifestyle and we allow these God-breathed scriptures to teach, reprove, correct and train us in all righteousness so that we be equipped for good work, we will easily be drawn away, we digress, uh, we fall away. So how do we preserve our faith and our convictions in a culture of compromise and relativism? That's a question. How can we you know, have hope and share hope amidst so much darkness and, and hopelessness, uh, more so in our world today? How will we embody God's love and, and you know, amidst so much apathy and self-indulgence and selfishness in our culture? Paul says, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. Keep a close watch on yourself. Pursue righteousness along with others, you know, out of a pure heart. Follow the pattern of sound words and continue in what you've learned. These are valuable reminders, not just for Timothy, but for us as well. If Paul back in his day needed to remind Timothy so much to stay faithful to God and his word, what more us in our day, in our time, right now? I believe that in some ways, we have allowed ourselves to be deceived that growing in Bible knowledge is not for everybody, right? Oh, I'm not good with the Bible. I, I can't understand it like some people can, or I just don't seem to get into it. It seems unknowable or kind of difficult. This little weird here. We forgot that this requires us to train, to put in effort, to be diligent, to study it, and definitely, guys, involves prayer and, and warfare, resulting in why more and more people are biblically illiterate, which is why Romans 12 gives us such an important instruction. And most of us will be familiar with Romans 12, 1 to 2, where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That word mind in this verse in Greek is nous. And it's the same Greek word that we see in Luke 24, 45, where Jesus, when he's with his disciples, he opened their understanding. And the word there is the same nous, uh, the word for mind in Romans 12. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, some of you, you know, you've expressed uh, a fresh desire for more Bible reading and, and going deeper to study the Word. And some of you, however, you've been keeping at it for some time and now you're just feeling more encouraged to do it and keep at it more. That's great. I'm excited and we're excited. I know there's more to come. As we posture ourselves to grow in understanding, to grow in, you know, practicing, uh, uh, reading the Word, and just know that the Spirit of God wants to open our news. He wants to open our mind, to renew our understanding for Scripture, for the Word of God. He wants to lift, you know, open the veil of our hearts. That's what God wants to do. But if it's not because we've you know, deceived ourselves. Another reason is because we are really distracted and forgetful. 
uh, and it's very subtle yet pervasive. The gravitational pull to forget who we are and why we're here. And that happens to all of us. We are naturally inclined to forget God's story and ourselves within this story of redemption. And forgetting doesn't take spiritual effort while remembering needs deliberate action. Isn't that the reason why people celebrate, you know, special days like, you know, anniversaries, birthdays, national independence, um, certain festivals uh, throughout the year? My family moved to Singapore not too long ago and the kids have grown a lot since then. They're coming to two years now. And recently for National Day, they came home with songs and stories they heard from school. And just the other day, our daughter's kindergarten had all the parents join in a Zoom call where they gave a presentation, uh, you know, both live but also like an, on video. And so the video showed a segment where they're recalling to the kids who this Mr. Lee Kuan Yew is and, you know, just have had them express kind of their gratitude for the generations that went before them uh, that built the nation. And I'm struck by the thought that, you know, in recalling Singapore's history, despite not having met these founding persons in person, there's impact and power in, in telling the story and, and, and having the kids kind of identify themselves as part of this, this story and, and how right now in this point in history, where they see themselves here and now. In the same way, I think remembering God's story needs deliberate attention, deliberate remembering. And there's impact and power in remembering again and again and retelling the story so that we be devoted to Jesus and grow diligent instead of complacent and that our lives will continually be, you know, aligned and realigned to be distinctly different instead of conforming and compromising to the culture around us. If you think about it, remembering is a really central theme in Scripture not nostalgia or you know mere sentimentality but a very purposeful remembering and one of the most poignant moments that i remember about my late dad is whenever he would say to me don't forget who you are janice always remember papa loves you and i try to remind my kids that you know myself too who they are and who god says they are God often reminded the people of Israel, His people, His treasured possession, the apple of His eye, do not forget. Remember not to forget. Remember to remind your children. It was tantamount that they remember, so much so that it's inseparable from their identity and their calling as a people, the people of God. Why, why remember? Because in remembering, you remember who you are and whose you are. Deuteronomy 4, 9-10 says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Verse 10, especially concerning that day where you stood before the Lord, you know, when the Lord said to me, and this Moses speaking, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me. The Shema is to remember in Deuteronomy 6 to observe God's directions. And, and so we see repeated there, hear, hear, right? Uh, in, in verse four, uh, 3 and 4, it says, you know, therefore hear, O Israel, be careful to observe it. Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
uh, you know, in the Shema is also to remember to teach the laws of God, the ways of God to the children and their children's children. So verse 7 says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Talk about it when you sit, you walk, you stand, you lie down, wherever. Uh, in essence, basically anything you do, any moment of the day, be remembering the words of God. Whenever they celebrate the Passover, Israel is to do this, Exodus 12, and it shall be when your children say to you, or you know, when your children ask you, what do you mean by this? What are we doing? 27 says that you shall say, this is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord. And it tells us at the end of verse 27, as the people hear a retelling of the meaning of the liturgy and the traditional celebration, the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Remembering is an act of worship. It's an act of discipleship and worship for ourselves as well as for our next generation. Deuteronomy 6, when your son asks you in time coming, say, what is the meaning of these that the Lord our God has commanded you? Joshua 4, uh, verse 6, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean? Referring to the memorial that they made with stone after they crossed the Jordan River. Take note repetitively the word hear, hear, and the word teach, and show your children. The biggest danger for the people of God is in us forgetting who we are and whose we are. And reading and reflecting on God's word and God's works is how we can remember. This is what I would call the practice of God's story in our lives. When it is read, we hear it, right? When it's taught or shown or lived out or proclaimed or portrayed in somebody's life, we reflect on it. And that's exactly what we see in Israel's distinctive lifestyle. They were instructed to observe God's commandments, teach their children, proclaim their faith, confess sins, celebrate the feast like the Passover, keep the Sabbath, bring their tithes and offering, extend kindness to the poor and the foreigners among them, give thanks and so on. These are deliberate communal rhythms and, and relational practices in their community. And in so doing, they are remembering and reenacting the story of their deliverance by God. And this really moved me as I meditate on this whole idea of what it means for us as the church today to be a people who embody and we portray the story of God. This morning, I want to call us to look at church community in this way, different lens, through this lens of remembering, and examine ourselves, examine our posture, our perspective, if you prefer. We're a bunch of super different people, aren't we? We, you know, differ on so many levels. We're called out from all kinds of pasts, from when we were dead in sin. But now we are alive together in Christ. We are a family. We squabble maybe, or we have differences. Relationships get messy and sometimes unpleasant, if you would admit it, when we get too close, right? Am I speaking to the right people? But you know, we're not just people wanting to know the Bible more to be better people. We're people wanting to, you know, the biblical story to shape us as we internalize and live it out not just to be better people, but to be a people shaped by God's story. And every time we gather, whether it's just five visitors to a home, now that there's provision for that, or you know, 20 of us or more in a Zoom room, I want you to think about that as an expression of God's story being retold and retold.
yes, you know, some of you it's not preferred, or you, you know, y you wish, you know, meeting online is not like the only big way right now. But at the same time, you know, are we making the most of this provision now that we can meet in, in five or more in a group in a home? Seize the opportunity, get together, talk about God, worship, read scripture, pray and break bread together, fellowship. Intense times, church, call for intense community. And we are living in intense times. And I say we're being called for intense community together as God's people. Leslie Newbegin writes this, This life-giving word of God is the power by which the church lives. The church is constantly renewed by the word of God. The word is given to us in two forms. The word spoken in the reading and exposition of scripture and the word acted in the sacraments. The same word is active in these two different modes. In both, it is active through the Spirit, and the church lives by the word of God given to it as the word that is spoken and the word that is acted. When we come together as church, even digitally, virtually like this, you know, we are acting out the word of God. We are calling to remembrance that we are part of God's promised uh, ultimate hope and the fulfillment of a new heaven and a new earth. And we're portraying the part of a mature bride meeting her bridegroom. We are portraying a people fully redeemed and fully whole while in the future, yet we live in that hope now. Think about the Christian liturgical calendar, Advent, Lent, um, uh, you know, like Ash Wednesday, Passion Week, and so on. These significant milestones in the gospel story. When we reenact these events, they shape us as God's people. Like, like my kids with the National Day uh, activities, there's impact and power as we identify ourselves as part of this story. When we look at it this way, it makes our sacraments and our worship services even more meaningful. Baptism, communion. Uh, we see how Jesus instituted the communion, as written in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It's not that we are without opportunity to remember God and what he's done for us. What we need is to give deliberate attention to practice practices of remembrance. To flesh it out even more, some of you might be like, well, you know, where are you going with this? The rule of life is a vital way we intentionally practice rhythms, right? To help align our beliefs together with our habits. Uh, it helps us align it, being intentional about it, so that we are formed into who we're meant to be. If we don't, we'll forget, right? We are remembering the biblical story whenever, every time we fast, for example, mm? when we rest, like Sabbath, when we have communion, baptism, when we celebrate life or life events, when we read and sing scripture aloud in life group or as church service, when we prioritize uh, worship and fellowship, we are remembering uh, and the biblical story. When we act kindly and justly, we are enacting the story. When we serve our neighbor, 
uh, that's what we do when we speak life into someone, when we pray for someone or just encourage someone with a gesture or a word. When we study scripture, which means limiting screen time uh, and news intake, by the way, we meditate on the word day and night. We are doing what God instructed his people to do, to observe, to keep, to walk, to obey. Remembering the biblical story as the backdrop of our daily lives. People of the book, you know what I'm getting at. But let me turn it around and how about this? How are we remembering the biblical story when, you know, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're super anxious about something that you can't shake off, if something's just really bothering, when you're feeling depressed, really lonely or isolated? How is that remembering the biblical story? How are we drawn to recall God's deliverance and His salvation? When your relationship isn't working out, when your finances are looking bad, when you're stuck in a pit and you never thought you would be in this place, but here you are, and you're like, God, why am I here? And you're lamenting, you're, you're angry sometimes, even at the situation, or you're at yourself or at somebody. How do you get out of that? When you're going through the motions, perhaps you're tired, uh, just, you know, life has got you worn out, maybe even burning out. And, and here this woman is telling you, you know, give attention to God's story. Are you kidding me? Well, you know, because we're so inclined to forget, if we don't give deliberate attention to this, we will lose our way anyway, you know. We forget. We lose our sense of identity and purpose and calling. We lose our delight in knowing and doing God's will. We forget who we are and whose we are. But for us to continually read and reflect, to continually hear and teach and speak of God's Word and His works, and therefore remembering, right? All that is practices of remembering intentionally, continually, purposefully until Jesus comes again. That's how we practice God's story together. Now, doesn't that give us a compelling vision for church? Church is not just something we do once a week to kind of like, you know, chill. There's more to it than that. And I remember there was a time when I could barely function. Uh, I was pretty uh, wearied uh, from ministry and, you know, which some of you may be able to relate to at some point in your life and, you know, maybe even now. I took some time to recover. And, and during that time, all I wanted to do was bury myself, you know, into a deep hole. Like, I'm done. It's too much work. It's tiring. It's too challenging. It's too daunting. Overwhelming. Two particular persons kept me afloat and just encouraged me not to, you know, withdraw too drastically, but just to stay and to just worship God uh, from even just that place of, of weariness with, you know, a group of people who didn't really know all that had happened. I was drawn in that moment to, you know, slowly just kind of look at a bit of scripture here and a bit of prayer there and, and just, you know, just be in a place where it's a safe place to kind of wrestle with all of that. And so many times God just really used to slowly restore me back to health. And biblical community is exactly that. And I'm not saying that, you know, we're all like, wow, you know, gung-ho all the time and like raring for it. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying that uh, if we would pull back and occasionally see this perspective, uh, what are we about as God's people? You know, let's not be complacent. God is calling for us to be a people 
that knows and is drawn and is part of a story and we see each other that way too. You know, to remember and keep remembering, to have our minds renewed, uh, our understanding opened by the Spirit of God who Himself puts His laws within our hearts so that we are able to love and obey Him, to be faithful to Him. This is the we kind of biblical literacy, right? It's not just a mm, me, it's, it's we. We hear all the time, yes, the Word of God is living and active, it transforms lives. Well, one key way how it transforms us is when we practice what we read and reflect and see that in each other's lives, with or without words, right? And last week, um, church, we prayed for a fresh desire for the Word of God. And this morning, I just want to invite you to just pray with me as I just close in prayer um, before we end with worship and communion. God of glory, um, we just uh, stand in, in wonder and in amazement just, just to remember uh, who you are in the history of your people um, way before generations passed, um, way longer. Uh, you are the you know, creator. Um, you're the one who has called your people out, um, not just so much as out of a place like Egypt, but you've called us out from the death of sin. And, and Jesus, uh, you've rescued us. You've redeemed us as your people. And all of this we see pan out from Genesis to Revelation. And this day, this morning, as your people, we remember and we honor all that is captured, uh, all that you've disclosed and revealed about yourself in Scripture. And we say we thank you for uh, the Word of God. We thank you for uh, just uh, giving us even access to it. And we thank you that as your people, as your community bound and knitted in your spirit, that we are one and we are able to not just experience your story and be a part of it, but be called and have an identity and a purpose to be ones who portray this very story to the world and to be like that, 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 that hope and ultimate fulfillment that you are drawing us to await. And Father, we pray that as a church this day, we pray for each other. We pray for, you know, just if names just come to mind, just say them before God even now or your life group or different random ones that come to mind that, that are part of our church community. I'm just going to give you a few moments just to name them before God. Father, we just thank you for these ones. We thank you uh, for these that we're naming before you and we give thanks God that you are building us up as a people uh, not by our own strength and power but by your spirit and God we say this morning that we are your people we are your treasured possession and we long to be shaped by your story and at times when we forget would you draw us back to remember to recount to recall the many times you have rescued us and redeemed us and shown us mercy and compassion and kindness. And this day we pray, may you teach us, Lord, to channel, even be channels of that same grace to so many who are not even aware that they can be part of this story. And God, we remember um, those ones who are not uh, part of a church community. Even in this moment, we want to remember uh, that you've called us to be a blessing to the nations. And so, God, as your people, we stand and we say, would you shape us? Would you shape us as the city to be your people, 
uh, who embody your story and who are snapshots of your glory and your goodness to the world. And this day, we commit ourselves afresh as your people, as one church, as one community, uh, in unity uh, and, and just in obedience to you and to your call this morning to continue to go deeper in Scripture and to discover more of you, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.